And we are back, baby. Welcome back to the Look Good, Feel Good podcast. One of your hosts, Brett Reynolds, here with my main man, Mario Ashley. What's up, Mario? What up, what up, what up? You ready to kill this thing? Let's crank, man. We got a new format that we think is just going to flow better, add more value, and just uh, build more consistency with our our podcast and a lot of the ideas that are coming through the members, through the stuff that we listen to. Uh, yeah, I'm excited, man. Yeah, no, I'm fired up too. You know, I know we sound good and rambling on about nothing sometimes, but it feels good to have a structured approach that we're, you know, making checklists, uh, you know, as we're going down and we know exactly where we want to get at. And we say it all the time, if you are failing to plan, you're planning to fail, right? Absolutely. So this template, uh, it's just going to make it better. And I am super excited for it. So go ahead, hit it with like a 30 second template of what they can expect from us moving forward. Okay, so what we're doing here is I'm going to come up with my own personal segment. I'm going to bring it to you, okay? You and I are going to talk about it. After that, we'll go with yours. You know, you'll have an epiphany, something you had going on this week, just something that generally gives value to the listeners. In our email, we know the topic, but that's all we know. And so that gives you the ability to really bring the fire there, to bring some really valuable information, and me to come off my experience like – you know, I like that or I haven't really thought about that to get some more genuine response versus like everything feeling so robotic. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So we have, you know, some structure, but I mean, we're not sitting here reading off a freaking teleprompter, right? Absolutely. And then so following that, uh, you know, we'll do a and a because we want to keep, you know, answering our listeners questions. Right. So we'll we'll ran off to, you know, two to three questions from them and then we'll finish out with the highlight of the show. Right. Highlight. The highlight bump, of the bump, look good, feel good podcast. Bump, and this bump, is something bump, bump. Uh, huge, you know, huge. And, you know, just I don't want to get too far into it now because I want to save it for the end. But we might have had a CrossFit Games champion come into the gym and you and I train with him. That's pretty cool, dude. Pretty, pretty cool. So and we'll just, save that for the highlight. Oh, it's getting me excited. Already. Don't get too excited. OK, so first off, uh, you know, something I want to you know start out with is the ability you know, to trust the process and the least amount of cliche way possible, just to kind of put it from an application standpoint and trusting the process. Uh, I started up a new routine this week where I'm, I'm waking up earlier again. And I'm training before I start my day. Right now I start my day. My first personal training client is at 7:30 AM. So if I'm trying to train for an hour and a half, two hours, I got to at least start between 5 and 5.30. Just to get a head start on the day, don't feel like you're so flustered. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, you know, the way, the reason why I made this adjustment was because when I was training midday, I had all the time in the world from my morning, you know, personal training shift to my evening group class that I had no assertiveness to get in, you know, hit it hard and then get out, right? So this ability to train before I start my day, it's, it's okay, I'm on a more regimented time schedule, okay? So the whole um, philosophy on trusting the process, it's been hard as hell. I've been waking up at 4.45 a.m., yeah. okay? I've been waking up 4.45 a.m., and I'm, you know— Your body's not ready for that like it, it, it is midday, yeah. I'm dealing with this, um, getting accustomed to this, you know, I'm, I'm not sleeping good. I'm, I'm super, super sore, but I'm looking at the positives, like— I know this is going to be a game changer for me once I can get used to this routine, right? And then also, you know, I, I found a, a new training partner. He's pushing me, you know, harder. So 
there's an aspect of having a good accountability partner, training partner to, to keep it in the flow. But every time, you know, I'm, I'm going to bed, I'm like, damn, I got to be up in six hours. Right. right. You know, if that, and it, it's hard, but I know deep down the road, if I can just get into this groove, it'll pay its dividends. Now, what is the end goal? So one is you just felt like you could better manage your time if you know you can get the training session out of the way midday and leave that midday for opportunity to work and do some other stuff and projects that you have. I mean, why why make this change? A hundred percent, what you okay. just said. I got more time midday to maybe hang around here more while you're still here um, to work on some you know business opportunities, to work on you know, you know, anything there's more, I'm sacrificing a little bit more of sleep. Right. But I'm going to have so much time for more opportunity to do other things in it. It's not just work related, but it's also development related. I can maybe read or get another podcast in, but you know, um, it's hard, man. It's hard, but I literally keep telling myself, Hey, listen, trust the process. I know it will pay its dividends. And I know this is the right move and it's just hard getting started. Absolutely. Um, yeah, man. I mean, the more you talk about it, I wish it's something uh, uh, something that I developed much uh, sooner into my career because, you know, when I first started the gym, bro, is like you run a couple morning classes, you run night. I mean, that's what a single owner gym does. As the gym grew, I had more members. I got more coaches, you know, uh, the problem was is I didn't have a lot of that freedom because now is Mario is not coaching anymore, but he's running a business. And I tell people this all the time. Like I didn't train for the open uh, the last 30 days before we started the challenge. I worked out a total, a total dude of one hour. That means I snuck in 10 to 15 minutes here before a client, 10 to 15 minutes before a meeting. And they don't, they're like, well, dude, you own a gym. What do you mean? Like they don't understand that. And I think the beauty of what you're creating is you're actually setting yourself up for success down the road because I say this all the time for us to do what we do to go train for two to three hours midday like we used to is a convenience and that's not the real world so you might as well get you, get, get yourself ahead of it and two what I'm struggling with is that I don't get to train anymore because I don't plan my training day the way you are you're like what's a non-negotiable I need to train when so to get that you know first thing in the morning if you get it out of the way you don't have to worry about it i'm the opposite right now it's why i'm struggling with it i'm hoping and praying i find a slot for me to move and you know what happens haven't moved at all i told myself i was going to get on the road all week for the marathon challenge didn't get on it once you want to know why because i couldn't find the freaking gap that i'm like ah that's dude i'm gonna get on there for 20 minutes that's no problem couldn't find the gap all week and i think that if i can just throw that in there but it's hard like you said dude when we're well five six years training midday because we are able to do that and you switch it up the the it's going to struggle a little bit. Yeah. And then just the process of getting ahead of what you feel like is the rest of the world, right? I'm getting, mm. I'm walking out of my door into my car it's cool, yeah. at 4.55 in the morning. The small percentage it, of people that's doing it's that. It's yeah. so quiet. I'm driving to the gym. There's no cars on the road, right? There's something about that calm. Uh, and it's that, rare, man. And, and rare. It, it honestly feels good that I'm getting ahead of, okay, so, I mean, maybe from a competitive standpoint, I'm getting ahead of my competition, the people that are, are trying to train. And, you know, I'm doing two competitions later down the road in regards to fitness, one CrossFit, one a physique show. Yep, yep. I'm getting ahead. They're still snoozing, right? 
uh, even uh, from a business standpoint, that helps build we're, we're getting man. up. You know, you we're getting up early, early. You know, the other the other trainers, other fitness aren't coaches doing aren't yeah. doing that. Absolutely. So it's like, I mean, it just feels good. Yeah. No, I like it. I like you said. I get up just as early. It's. I know uh, you But do. I'm not doing it to train. So maybe if I just flip it around, knowing I'm, I'll fix that hour of office work some other time through the day. I think I'll. Uh, we, we're happy when we train. I mean, it's why we do what we do. You know, and when you lose that training consistently you, you get a little unhappy for sure so trusting the process is you're just recognizing like just let it ride ignore some of these it's hard at first you have because you're like oh i'm losing gains or this is not really going to work and all that negativity comes in you're like just do it just keep doing this till it feels a little bit easier 100 yeah. percent. so what, what you got my man what, what are we rolling with today uh i mean you know one of the things that i just keeps tapping in from our staff training to you know having really tough conversations with members like there's a moment in the group programming that it's going to stop working as exponentially as it did when you started and that's the newness of something new especially with someone who's never touched this like a lady comes into me very flexible really lean has never touched a barbell in her life you know what she's going to get the next six months immense exponential strength Absolutely, because she's never touched the barbell. Her baseline factors of strength to body weight ratio are there. She's not terribly inflexible. We can work miracles with her. The dude who comes in here really strong, we give him some functional movements. We move him and scale him as needed. His conditioning gets better, he loses weight, and he slowly starts to improve his flexibility. That stuff happens. It's built in inherently, secretly almost, into our programming. At some point, though, Brett, it stops working that way because now they have actually come and elevated their current capacity to where they should have been if they were actually training consistently the way we have all our lives. And so what happens is they don't, they don't, uh, they trust us in the beginning, not the process. They just trust us, right? That if they did this thing called CrossFit, they're going to get in the best shape of their lives. They didn't question that because they saw a friend on Facebook. They saw the ESPN. They're like, I want to do that. And so they started to get that. They trusted the process without even having to really think about trusting the process. But at like two years in, they start questioning the process. Like, Because they're not seen as fast track of results as they saw they have an unrealistic expectation of what they have to do at that moment they think like isn't it exponential arm might supposed to just keep improving and getting stronger and faster and everything gets like there's no professional athlete that works they come through uh an injury they force through that they have a uh, win a championship season and then the next season they go uh two and ten and so what do they do? They cry and give up and give up their careers. They know that's just part of it. Now, there's the awareness part, right? So one is we are trying to create an immense amount of self-awareness of where they currently are, not based on some fictitious idea of where they think they should be, but of where they actually are given what we know about them and how they move. And then two, the most important part is they need to tweak it just a little bit to find improvement. I believe that the reason that they're not improving anymore is they have capped out at their current potential, at their current technical abilities, right? Um, if someone's got a 500-pound back squat here and all of a sudden he's got a 100-pound overhead squat, he doesn't need to squat more. 
but he thinks he just needs to keep squatting more because no, the deficiency is something that's happening in the technique that is not allowing him to distribute the force of his legs overhead. So the nuance is working through some of that things. So, I, so yeah, I just kind of want to, you know, recap to see if, you know, I'm in the same page as you and our listeners are. So you're saying the current state of where these athletes are, they're not going to get any better based on working harder correct absolutely 100 percent. you are saying they need to either make an addition to their training on something they're not currently doing or a change of some sort um to give them a different stimulus on what will bring results a change or an addition not put in more work to the limiting factor and that's the key term today i'm with you that the self-awareness is recognizing what are your limiting factors. Don't cry like a little baby that you feel like you're progressing and going backwards and that your shoulder hurts. And then I ask you, what is the matter? How do we fix this? That's what I'm saying. And if you don't have a solution, you're the problem. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm so, with you. And I'm not saying you have to be an expert. That's our job. But do you recognize that? Just complaining about something and not helping us come up with a solution is not going to get us anywhere. And so as coaches, we try to communicate that well. Like, it's obvious, hey, you're 40 pounds overweight. You're not going to be able to do pull-ups. Why are you upset that you can't do pull-ups? Let's have a real honest conversation about why you can't really get pull-ups. We need you to drop at least 20 pounds. How do we How do we going to work through that? Because doing a 30-minute skill session on the pull-up when they're 45, you're – it's not going to work. We're not going to do it. I say, no, I'm taking their money at that point if you're doing that. Because there's nothing I can give her that's going to over dominate any movement that's going to help her dominate in strength when she's 40 pounds overweight. He, she doesn't matter. And so what I'm saying is let's get honest with the limiting factor, Brett, and let's work forward. Because after two years, the limiting factors are not, uh, aren't big things anymore. It's not like, hey, do you know what this snatch is? Like, that's not the convo we have with them anymore. Now it's, hey, do you know what your limiting factor is on the snatch? And how are we trying to get better at it? Because the group class is not a miracle for them anymore. And they're, they're trying to pound themselves in. They we're seeing them four or five days a week. We're running the attendance reports. It's not that they need to work out harder. They need to work out smarter. And the skill sessions and staying or before or our workout app where they know what the pre-segment is. So they're getting ahead of ahead of the workout. It's these things. But it has to start with trust, better communication, and understanding what their limiting factors so we can be speaking the same language. Yeah, and then changing the strategy according. No, I love that. That's really good, man. Uh, let's go to Q&A. You want to hit it? Let's do it. Uh, I'll go first. Uh, so what we got from a listener, what is the simplest thing to change entering a challenge? And I, th- I think before we get into this now, uh, we'll bring up our first official sponsor, the Look Good, Feel Good Challenge. Okay. Right? Right? Okay. Boom. We're about one week in. Uh, and I think, you know, it's going good. It's a, it's a good start. And uh, I'm seeing everyone around the gym, you know, all smiles, doing their air squats, 50 reps, doing, knocking some uh, some damage on the rower, trying to hit that marathon row. But uh, how do you think the look good, feel good challenge is going? Thanks for that sponsor, Jack. I appreciate it, bro. <laughs> uh, 
it's awesome, man. I think one of the things that we tried to sell really good was like, hey, listen, like everyone knows a challenge. You got to talk about exercise. You got to talk about nutrition, blah, blah, blah. Like they get that. But I think the stuff that has the power is the stuff on that private Facebook page. Uh, that reflection. The reflection is blowing people's mind. Uh, the relationship stuff that we have to question every day is, did I do something special for someone that I love? Holy moly. And uh, I mean, the comment, the, the common comment is, dude, I've learned more about people in our gym in the last week than I have in the last year. Because we're just, the private group is people that put skin in the game that are serious about this. Not some free 99 program, come jump in, but nobody's really serious. I know they're serious. They put money down. And not only that, we're forcing uh, the reflection to be something that is powerful and has meaning to them. So they have to kind of break down their barriers that we just honestly can't, it just can't happen in the group class. Yeah, it's forcing everyone to become a little bit more vulnerable and when you're becoming vulnerable, that's where true growth, you know, comes. And, you know, we're connecting more. We're building relationships with each other. Uh, I think it's a first good week. And uh, let's keep cranking. No, I'm really excited. So, it's going really good. Anyways, back to the question. What is the simplest thing to choose to change before entering a new challenge? What do you got? Nothing, bro. Just do it. We, the challenge is the us putting you into these uncomfortable positions. I think that we developed it much wiser than any challenge I've ever seen because I've been doing CrossFit for 10 years is that we're not going to give you too much too fast. We're not going to say, don't drink alcohol for five weeks. Don't eat any grains for five weeks. Work out and do 100 burpees every day. Like We made it manageable to chip away at, and we made it exciting because we kept changing the challenges. I say, just do your best that day. That's it. Don't get ahead of, oh, my God, I got to do this for five weeks. Oh, my God, I only did 5,000 meters of rowing today, and I could do 42,000 meters. Dude, you just did 5,000 meters in a week that you've never, ever done in CrossFit. And you're going to knock out another five and be at 10,000 in two weeks. You've never done that. Most people haven't. So it's like, and that happens by chipping away, trusting the process that this thing is built in one day at a time. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I would uh, recommend not looking at the entire process as you're going to change. You're, that's naturally going to come, but instead look of it, look at it as an opportunity to grow. Right? Mm -hmm. Don't change anything. Just go into it, you know, with an open mind, with the, um, you know, the game plan of growing. And you know, it comes down to my first segment. Just enjoy the process. Don't don't focus on changing anything. Don't over prepare. Just, you know, do what you set out to do and, and enjoy the ride. Well, my favorite line when somebody uh, comes and tries a free trial and they decide not to do it is they say, I just, I need to get in better shape before I try CrossFit. Oh, that's, and you're like, yeah, it, it, that one. dude, it's the worst excuse in the world. They're basically saying that they know it's really hard and they're not willing to go through that difficulty. I've just told you it's completely safe, highly effective. We'll take care of you. They're not willing to put in the work because they know that it's going to be a little uncomfortable in the beginning. And that's exactly what's happening here you can't get ready for a challenge you just no. do it yeah and so uh it's a great reminder just do it man trust the process do it one day at a time and yeah i mean one day dude i got a perfect score so far i don't know about you son i know you don't because i called you out the other day i got a perfect score you want to know why because i take it one day at a time bro that's all i got time for uh yeah no i'm i'm, I'm coming for you i'll play from behind get them bonus points in next, next question what is the best way to cheat in a nutrition plan? What is the best way to cheat on a nutrition plan? What you got? 
so we can go, I mean, a million different directions with this. The first one that comes to my mind is to schedule it, right? Love it. Schedule, you know, your cheat meal. I'd call it a meal. I won't call it a day. I think a day sets you too far back. And what's huge in the, you know, fitness game is people cheating all weekend, having a cheat weekend. And, and they jeopardize all their uh, progress they had through the week. So what I would do is I would schedule it. You know, that week, if, you know, maybe you have Easter Sunday coming up, Easter on Sunday or Monday this year? It's Sunday, I think. Yeah, the family's coming over Sunday. Okay. So you have Easter Sunday. Bam. That's my cheat meal. I know I'm going to be with my family. I know we're going to have some good food. I know we're probably going to have some drinks. That's going to be my- It's already been in your head all week. Exactly. That's going to be my cheat meal, right? And now it doesn't necessarily have to be something like that, but- Hey, I'm going to take my girlfriend out Friday night. That's going to be my cheat meal, right? So schedule it and then I'll kind of take it one step further and earn it, right? I am training hard throughout the week. I'm eating clean throughout the week and I'm down, you know, my two pound goal for this week. I'm down oh two pounds. Because you're so fat. No, right? no, I'm, I'm, I'm talking <laughs> hypothetically. Okay. And it's not okay. my goal to oh, lose weight. All right. I was about to say. No, I'm just saying, like, for people that, are, you know, want to lose weight, you know, their goal is to lose a certain amount of weight. So I'm on track. I lost my two pounds. I know one cheat meal with my significant other having a good time is, is, is worth it. And I'm going to have it guilt-free. And then it makes the whole nutrition thing sustainable, right? If mm. you love... What's your favorite food? Rice, dog. You know that. Yeah. Some Cuban black say. beans and rice. Okay. So if you love, you know, Cuban That's black beans and rice. That's hard this week for rice. me. Haven't had it yet. If I were to say, Mario, you starting this nutrition plan, you cannot have that for a year. What Stupid. Are you, what are you going to so think about dumb. 24 hours a day, seven days a week? Me and that food is what I said about why in, all these challenges are inherently flawed. They tell you you can't do this for the entire five weeks. Why do you think 60%? This is personal. No one, no business owner is going to tell you. 60% drop off is the average of these five week challenges because it's not the five week challenge. It's not five weeks. It's they're all built so wrong. They're not sustainable. But yeah, so throw in that cheat meal, schedule it, and it makes this whole entire uh, lifestyle process that much more enjoyable. Yeah, like think about it. Same food. So I took that rice and beans and I ate it every day. Uh, at some point I feel guilty because I know that uh, because I can't control myself on that food, that it has a negative consequence. I eat too much of it. I start gaining weight. Now, let's say I say I'm not going to eat it all week, but I'm going to schedule it. It's the same food mm -hmm. on Saturday. When I eat it, it becomes a award. The same food can act as a reward or a consequence when it's built in properly. And that's the most powerful part. We're not saying that like, oh, you're going to feel better eating a salad when you cheat. No, it's the same food. I, by the way, I don't believe any food is inherently bad for you. No doubt. I agree. That donut. I don't care. I love donuts every single day. Who doesn't love donuts? Whatever. You're an addict to donuts. Eating a donut every single day at some point is probably not good for you. And you feel like shit when you keep eating so much, but you can't control yourself. Eat that same donut that you're addicted to once a week as a reward. You feel completely, you feel satisfied. How is that possible? It's the same food. It's the system that's built in where you're creating one as a reward and the other one that has no control as the consequence. Love it. Love it. The other one I would say is quantify, bro. Quantify, meaning... All right, let's agree to a number. Like you can cheat whatever you want, 
but we're gonna stick to a number, right? Especially if you're tracking stuff, don't even track anything. Just track your cheat. Hey, whenever I cheat, it's gonna be on Sundays, but I can never eat more than a thousand calories in that meal. That's it. If you just did that, you would have more control over the cheat versus like we said, they don't even do that. They'll eat as much as they possibly can. Yeah, as jeopardize much, all their pro their progress. Right. The two most favorite lines I have that bother me about quantification is, uh, how do you? Uh, what's your diet like? It's it's pretty healthy. It's pretty healthy. What do what's you that mean, mean by that? And then the other one, um, uh, do you cheat? Yeah, I kind of cheat. Well, you know, I cheat a little bit on the weekends. What does that yeah. mean? Mm -hmm. And so if you don't start putting numbers to it, it's like we might as well just speak two different languages, man. We might as well speak two different languages because we're not even on the same page. Yeah, so quantify it, and that also help with feeling less guilty, right? You feel satisfied, but, I mean, you're not sitting there about to croak over because you housed 12 donuts and a pizza. Absolutely, and that's a 1,000 calories, but if you don't and you hit 5,000 calories, it doesn't matter. You're screwed. The 1,000 calories is not going to put you 10 pounds overweight next week. Anyways. Love it, love it. All right, time for the highlight of the podcast, okay, baby. Boom, and boom, I don't boom, know about boom. you, but... I mean, this is a big deal, man. It's going to be hard to top this next week on the highlight portion of the podcast. Unless someone else comes in. I mean. Unless Rich, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, okay. Go ahead. Spill so the beans, just, dog. Just to kind of get it out there, uh, we had 2015's fittest on earth CrossFit Games champion Ben Smith, Smith. come out to Naples Strength and Conditioning and perform a qualifier workout for their his uh big time competition he's got coming up and uh your two hosts hopped in with him got in the trenches with him got huffing and puffing grueling workout and uh and it was awesome so you know kind of backtracking a little bit you made it happen my man you you texted us coaches and uh made us aware hey you know ben smith is coming in uh, so what happened, man? How, how, do, how do we get Listen, this I opportunity? Mean, you know, at first I thought it was a prank call because he's just he was completely humble. I don't know anything about him outside of anything. If you've been in the community as long as I have, you know who he is and you've seen every video about him. Uh, he's the only CrossFitter uh, to this day to uh, go uh, eight, nine CrossFit games in a row. The only CrossFitter to do so. He was the youngest, I know, at first to uh, to make it to the games. Uh, he had a surgery last year after qualifying for the games, and uh, he reneged because he wanted uh, to take care of his his knee, which he didn't look any, uh, any less uh, capable out there on uh, Sunday when we competed. Uh, but he was just completely humble. And and so he left a nice voicemail, and he's like, hi, I'm Ben Smith, and, you know, I'm CrossFit from Krypton. Krypton. And I'm <laughs> like, I don't even know what Jimmy's at, you know, but he's just being very – uh, just very humble about the whole situation. And I'm like, if we're on the same page of who this guy is, he's like way too humble. Like, I'm like, if I was a game champ, I'm like, yo, dog, I need you to open my gym and yeah. I don't want anyone around to bother me. I'm like, that's why I'm not the game champ. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, no, he's just really cool. And we spoke over the phone and I just felt like, you know, he's here on vacation. He comes here with his wife all the time. And that I wanted, I didn't, I wanted to make sure if he was going to do this, especially knowing what he was going to have to do for the qualifier, is I wanted him to have his own personal space. And I didn't want that to be affected. Listen, I love for him to come down here, run a seminar, talk to my athletes, and I would love that. But that's not realistic. And so I just gave him the opportunity uh, for us to – uh, to open the gym for him to to do it on his own time and he was super grateful and gracious of it so uh, I told him the only the only thing though was that uh, that we that coaches were allowed to work out with him and he's like oh yeah I'd love it I need it because I was like you uh, really said that to him 
Yeah, I said I I said that. Uh, yeah, I said. Well, I'm gonna have to tell my coaches that you're coming by. Okay. So, uh, he was obviously. I I asked him if his brothers were down because you know uh, they're usually attached to him now because they got a really cool situation where his other brother qualified and his other brothers a stud. So they have these three brothers that are just doing amazing things in CrossFit. So I thought they were down at first and they weren't. So I'm like, oh man, he's going to do this qualifier by himself. That would suck if I had to do that. I was like, we'll train with you. And he obviously loved it. Yeah, no, I think he came because he honestly was listening to you and you made him feel like, hey, you're not going to get bombarded with fans, you know, in, in groupies if you come work out here. You kind of talk, talk to him as a person because that's what he is instead of the you know one of the fittest on earth and uh he appreciated that right he appreciated that he know he could come to us and he could feel um you know less stress on having to deliver on a fan base experience or anything like that and just come in here and focus on what his workout he's on vacation and uh i really think that's why he came right and i and i was telling you a little bit before when i met gary v right over at the gym that i used to work at same approach to him, man. I'm not going to walk over. Hey, Gary, can I get a picture, bro? No. Yeah. I, you know, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I walked up to him. I talked to him about the Jets. I'm a diehard Jets fan. I know he is. And uh, I'm talking person to person at that point, right? Well, what concerns me is, like, whether he wants to know it or not, he's famous, right? Like, he didn't. He didn't be. He didn't want to win the CrossFit Games to be famous. But in that community, he is whether he wants to be or not. But, you know, I've always understood uh, – that these people are human beings. They come out and are created the same way we are. They come out of the same place. We are all human beings. And what concerns me are the people that put people on pedestals and they can't even like, you can't even look at them because they're, you're like, you hold them up as gods, right? And I never wanted to be that like that. And I've never, I've never been that in the CrossFit community because I know what they go through. It's just not like, I know their life, right? Because I play a small role. I train an hour, two hours when I was young in a, in a row. And I'm like, wow, they do that for four or five hours. But I could relate versus like Gary V. Like I can't even comprehend his life, right? I know. And so those people put him on a pedestal because they're like, they want that life. And I just try not to do that with people because I think you miss these awesome opportunities to be like, dude, like I didn't want to go to his gym because he was really awkward with me and it's just weird. You know, that could have gone differently, but it's just, he's an awesome dude. And I think there's a great opportunity to bring him by and let him do what he needs to do and just be like a human being to human being. Like, yeah, no, no doubt. And, uh, and you could just tell he was very appreciative for it. And then, us acting like that towards him, he's opening up more to us, right? He's, I mean, you, it's like that, the standpoint of, you know, you're trying to soak it all in because it is a huge deal that's going on right now. But at the same time, you don't want to get off that feel that it's sure. like that, right? You're, you know, and no, it was awesome. And he let us, you know, jump in the trenches with him. We literally followed uh, <laughs> somewhat of his Dude, workout with it entirely different weights. But I mean, we're doing the same movements and we're literally in a, a, a tent. What did, you, Good. what did you take out of that? Like, you know, one of the biggest things that I was, I wanted, I wanted to ask him because it was a personal philosophy I have for that I've been able to quantify for months is that I know what the difference is. I thought, I believe that I know what the difference is between 
the 0001%, which is Ben Smith and all those guys and gals, and us. And I believe it is a ability to create a self-awareness at your current capacity at all skill, all load, all speed, all duration, uh, all rest times, and in every combination of movement, and you know how to get from where you currently are to where you want to be. And I asked him like that, and I said, Ben, I just have to ask you, like, what do you think about this philosophy? Is that true? Like, and he said, absolutely. Like, you have to know that stuff. Right. It would be like we joked about Matt Frazier not knowing like what a thruster is and what weight he's supposed to like. That would be ridiculous. And so they have a self-awareness and they know how to get from where they are to where they want to get. And why that's so important is that's us. That's what we are trying to do Mm -hmm. as coaches. Hey, what's your snatch like? That's the tracking app. That's the nutrition and the challenge is like we are trying to not just create the self-awareness. Okay, we both agree that you're overweight. Okay, what are we going to do about it? The strategy and get to where they are to where they need to get mm-hmm. and absolutely positively affirm that which affirmed more confidence and my overall belief to continue to speak that to the masses because it's where we are. And if we lead as the guiding post as, hey, let's help as coaches create self-awareness through 95 percent education, 5 percent inspiration and help them get to where they want to be with logical progressions. We're winning. We're winning, Brett. And he confirmed that. I'm grateful for that. Yeah, no, that's that's gold right here. It's not how good of shape you're actually in, right? It's the whole mindset. It's I know how many I can do unbroken consistently on the bar. I know where and what time in the workout I should be here, right? It's strategy and it's awareness that trumps you being the best work capacity in the world, right? And when we asked him, I said, Ben, What's your strategy? It wasn't like, oh, I haven't thought about that. Yeah. He just spit it out. I know. Like it was conversation mm-hmm. because it's normal for him to do that because it would be absurd for you not to do that. He's like, you know, with the cleans, I'm not really sure about my knee, but, you know, I'm going to move through this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, I'm just going to try to keep my heart rate down. He looked at his uh, toes to bar. He already knew he's going to break it up in sets to five. And he was just managing his heart rate. And so what was powerful for that was two things. Dude, he he's not superhuman. He gets tired. Yep. He gets tired, but he has that self-awareness to know where he's at, that he's not coming above baseline. And then right when you think he's not going to make it, he does another one mm-hmm. and he stops. And it's unbelievable because he knew that going in to exactly what he did. He did exactly what he said he was going to do. And for us, it was amazing because it was like it was proof of concept or it gave me more trust in what he says because he said it and he followed through an yeah, action in the you're, workout. You're exactly. You're, you're planning. Um, you're coming up with a strategy and you're executing it. And as coaches, you know why that's, a, you know why that's valuable? When you tell me what your strategy is, I use that as the guidepost to coach you in the workout. What were we doing? Ben, keep your heart rate down. Let's go, baby. Take a big yep. breath. Take a big breath. Like, hey, all right, set to five, baby. Not because I made that up because he told me what a strategy was going to be. You know, and a coach can even do that better. I've never seen him perform before we saw him do that. And we were able to give him value. Imagine if coaches actually try to do that better. Yeah. No, I love it. And it was it was so awesome, man. And uh, it was a great opportunity. And just kind of, you know, looking back at some of the highlights of that boy cleaning 300 pounds like butter, baby. 315 was, was his final weight. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. And, uh, you know, we I'm definitely appreciative of the opportunity. 
yeah, man, I'm super grateful, uh, and I hope he comes back again so we can beat him in the next workout. Yeah, yeah well, we got him next time. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, hey, guys, we really hope you appreciated the new template. I think it went pretty good. What do you think, I Coach? love it, man. It's smooth. It flows. It, it gives a little bit of everything, personal experience, big story, our own personal philosophies, Q&A. I love it, man. It's a good flow. No, it's a good blend of everything, and we want to keep growing this thing. We want to get bigger and bigger and bigger, and we need to. Uh, and we want to, and we would like to have, uh, ask you for your help. If you can go ahead and give us a five-star rating, because I, up, I think we're up, worthy up, of five stars. What do you think? At least, the minimum. If there was 10, I wanted 10, bro. I want five, the highest mark I can get. Exactly. And I think we're earning that because we're putting in our due diligence. So leave us a five-star rating, and then go ahead. And if you got some value out of today, you know, maybe give us the highlight, uh, what you thought of it. Uh, leave us a good comment, a uh, positive comment, and uh, – you know, we'll, we'll, we'll greatly appreciate it. Yeah, we want to engage, man. Talking is like, this is 50% of relationships is talking. The other one has to be the dialogue, man. We want to interact with you guys and uh, and uh, help where we can. That's why we're doing this. We're not doing this for myself. Oh, I want to help you guys out, man. Facts. All right, guys. We'll catch you next time. Appreciate you guys. Bye. Bye.